Hello, and get ready to take a walk on the wild side <laughs> with We Only Look Thin. I am one of your wild hosts, Donald Weigel, and I have lost a little over 100 pounds. And with me, as always, is the woman giving me a look like I have four heads. <laughs> I am not wild. <laughs> I am well-mannered and... Uh... Unspontaneous. And who are you? <laughs> I'm Catherine Weigel. Oh, I, and why are you here? I have spontaneously lost 145 <laughs> pounds, almost 150 pounds, working back toward it. Uh, but hi, and welcome. It's and we're walking, and it's wild. Yeah, he's, he's wild, and I'm not so wild. Hi, hi. The reason we're taking a walk on the wild side is we're going to talk about movement. What? And uh, specifically, uh, our movement of choice: walking. What fun! Yeah. Yeah, it's good, good times. Uh, we are going to, uh, we've got so many tips for this episode, we're going to uh, skip the tip of the week. Pow! Uh, but we will have a product Pow! of the week. Pow! Fun! Super, super fun. Super fun. Now, I, uh, going back to your opener, I am not wild. I do not like spontaneity. I do not like yeah. to be. I don't like good news that's spontaneous. Yeah. I don't like bad news that's spontaneous. I like measured, uh, planned. No, I know. I don't even like it when somebody invites me somewhere cool at the last minute. Yeah, like, like hey, come to my car and I'll give you a thousand dollars. Like I had plans. I was gonna <laughs> watch a specific show on TV it's and too then much. vacuum and uh, dishes, and I can't. That sounds like a great day. Yeah. <laughs> I am an introvert, and I think uh, Donald is. I'm not sure which came first, the weight or the introversion. Yeah. But even now, as a fiddo, uh, I... (laughs) (laughs) So you would describe yourself as a fiddo. I'm a fiddo, but I'm also an introverto. So that is a technical phrase. Fiddo, introverto would be your your genus classification if we were biologists. Exactly. Um, But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about walking today and purposeful movement. Um, But before we talk about now walking... We're going to talk about then walking, and we're going to oh. take you back to the 1970s. Whoa. I can see the bell bottoms and the socks. Captain that and Tennille were socks walking their way into our hearts and, and our airways. Solid I gold. Seriously, thought like I would wear those 70s shorts. And, <laughs> oh my god, the short shorts and the, short and the shorts. socks. <laughs> and then my socks, like I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to have socks with stripes on. Oh, like, they are like white socks, but they would have like a color stripe at the top and they would be all the way up to the knees yes like i just thought that was the coolest look in the world well as you're describing that i imagine you from the waist up and then like 10 year old boy shorts and legs (laughs) on the bottom yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) you hadn't built the whole picture what are you wearing on top an atari (laughs) shirt maybe a star wars shirt yeah probably probably yeah one or both and then a headband of some kind for sure (laughs) wristbands I have these Pittsburgh Pirates wristbands. Oh my that gosh, I got. that sounds so cool! Yeah. Every time I see an like an old picture of you from back in the day, like I wish I had known you back then because you look pretty cool. Yeah, I it was say. pretty sweet. Like in my my school pictures, my lapels were like four inches wide. Well, and your mom, <laughs> I, I can't remember. There were some really great pictures of you, and I was like, "Wow, those are great! I'd love to have one." And your mom was like. <gasps> And no, thank you. <laughs> so I've seen She's the pictures. Very protective. She of her loves her son. She loves you more. That yeah. much, I know. Yeah. But uh, but we're talking about the seventies, uh, and uh, we're talking about walking, and um, we actually. Th- I mean, this is a a serious to- topic. I know we um, we joke around a lot, but. When I was a kid, we didn't have too much money. And did you have a lot of money as a kid? Uh, no, no. You did not my have a lot of money. my mother uh, was a nurse. My father was a college professor, and they were really just starting out in life. And uh, actually, my father was like not even a college professor; he was getting his PhD. Yeah. So he was a college student. Wow. That's, yeah. And what were you doing at then? <laughs> I was throwing rocks at my Hanging friends at out, age twenty. Yeah, he was getting a PhD. Rocks at, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh. We wanted to talk about walking, and we've done it before, and I know we've done a lot of mindset uh, issues recently on a lot of podcasts, so we wanted to get back into movement, but we 
uh, I heard a study recently, and, and we're going to go deeper into this. I think Donald's going to hit us with some knowledge. Yeah, but... well, we're going to try to scare you straight with some yeah. uh, some facts, yeah. some hard facts about, special. about movement. Um, but I uh, was listening to a podcast that talked about sitting being the new smoking. Ah. And uh, we might say to ourselves, like, do you ever judge people when you see people smoking? Are you like, boy, yeah. sucker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I do. We and get really judgy. I'm really glad I never started. Me either. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't. But I think because I didn't smoke, I was smug about it. And I would say to myself, and maybe, dear listener out there, you might say to yourself, well, at least I don't smoke, or at least I don't drink, or at least I don't kick puppies. Like, there are all these things that we do to justify while we're eating our third crawler on a Saturday morning. We justify that and then say, well, at least I'm not a heroin addict. Like, that would be bad, but at least I'm only overweight. And yeah. I did that for years, and we've talked about that before. We have a neighbor yeah. who- Yeah, at least my blood work is still good. At right. least I don't do cocaine. Like, you know, I would tell myself all these things like well i may not i may be 100 pounds overweight but at least i you know yeah. don't mainline heroin <laughs> yeah i mean i could do meth to lose all the weight but like that's yeah. extreme wouldn't want to do that so we justify our sitting and our couch enthusiasm um, by saying all the things we're not instead of focusing on the not we want to think about what you can add to your life so donald's going to hit us with some statistics about an article that he read but um i'd like you to think back like I said, we we went back to the seventies, whatever era you're into, whatever whatever childhood you were into. Um, what did walking mean to you as a kid? Like Donald's, what did it? What it was it a fun thing? Was it a punishment? No, I I associated it with uh, two things, and you know, I hate to even say this, but I associated it with not having a lot of money. Yeah, um, and with having you know, parents that weren't super attentive. Yeah. And my parents were super attentive, but like I, I, you know, if I wanted to go to a friend's house, it was up to me to like walk or get on my bike. Right. Like I was very jealous of my friends who would, would have my parents, uh, would have their parents drive them, would have my parents drive them. <laughs> your parents drove your friends and not you. <laughs> exactly. I was very jealous because my parents were driving my friends around. You had no, issues. but you know, they would have, we would have a gathering for Dungeons and Dragons or whatever at one of our places and I would have to walk or ride my bike to my friend's house and other other people's friends, you know, their parents would drive them. Yeah. Well, and I, I was very jealous of that. But in hindsight, my parents were probably doing me a favor because I was actually getting some exercise. Yeah. I uh, walked to school, I think, starting in first grade. Uh, and so I, did I. I would see other carpool families drive by and I would feel kind of left out and uh, and a little lonely. Um, I walked in first grade with no adult, oh by the gosh. way. Uh, that is, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a whole other thing. I showed our daughter. The seventies were a great time for parenting. They sure were. I showed our daughter this, the route that I took from the house that I grew up in to the elementary school, and she's like, "Grandma and Grandpa let you walk all that by themselves? Isn't that illegal?" It's <laughs> like, well, you know, the times were different. Yeah, uh, but uh, at one point. When I was, I think, in kindergarten, we didn't have a car and had to take the bus. And I associated it with being poor. And I know that uh, maybe that sounds terrible, but as, as a kid, when you see other people with minivans and, and cars being driven to school, it felt like a punishment to walk. And I think living in Los Angeles, too, we don't think we can walk anywhere. It's not a walking city. Nobody ever yeah. is like, oh, you walk Los Angeles. You know, it's there's great. even that that fairly famous song, like nobody walks in LA. And, you know, it's the idea of just even, we have a shopping center that is about a seven minute walk from from where we live. And we would spend time driving over there. And it probably took more time to drive over there and find parking and walk into the store than it does just to walk up there and, and you know, go there. But it was just our mindset to get in the car and to not exercise. And I know we've told this story a bunch, but when we first uh, got our daughter and we were driving her to school, which was, you know, maybe a 12 minute walk away. And instead of, uh, you know, instead of walking, which would have been, re you know, really helpful in terms of our health and our weight. 
Yeah. So we have talked about it before. And this the article that we found, uh, the sitting is the new smoking, has a lot of backup on how much we sit as a society, how much we just plop down on the couch after work, how much we sit at our desks and tell ourselves we don't have time to get in purposeful movement. Um, and I used to do this too. I would get home from work and then just sit for four or five hours. And I would go to the gym for a half hour and maybe do the elliptical. But uh, Donald's going to drop some uh, difficult and aggressive knowledge on us about the dangers of actually sitting all day. Yeah, you know, the there's a great, um, you know, article, I use the word article loosely online, um, on a website called startstanding.org, um, which is... You know, it's mostly geared towards them believing that people should use standing desks, which is not my jam, but it may be a good idea based on uh, everything I read. But uh, the main impetus for this, the whole um, uh, sitting is the new smoking line comes from uh, James Levine, a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic. He says in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, sitting is more dangerous than smoking kills more people than HIV, and is more treacherous than parachuting. We are sitting ourselves to death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the fun police, which I am definitely a part of. Yeah, um, but the article is very well um, very well researched and goes through, um, there are all kinds of, if you want to read it yourself, I'll link to it in the show notes, um, but there it links to many, many, many scientifically done studies um, that, uh, and we're going to touch on a few of them right now. Um, there is a cancer link to not moving. Um, Christine uh, Frederick, an epidemiologist at the Alberta Health Services Center Care in Canada, estimates that 173,000 cases of cancer in the United States are due to inactivity, which is pretty crazy. Uh, there's a link to cardiovascular disease, and the article cites a study that was done uh, on London bus drivers. And this app- one's crazy. Everybody. Apparently, there is a you know there's the driver who sits most of the day, and then on London buses, there's somebody who stands, and that person will uh, make announcements or take tickets or I don't know whatever they're doing. But one of the people on the bus is standing. And the study found that the drivers who sat all day experienced far more heart attacks and other health problems than the group who stood. That's crazy town. Yeah, it is. Um, And then there's also an increased uh, um, risk of type 2 diabetes with movement. And this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart as I was diagnosed with it uh, almost three years ago. And that's what got me started down the path of losing, well, this particular time of losing weight. Not that I didn't try to lose weight hundreds of other times. Um, But uh, there's a, a study that was done in London, the Imperial College of London, that they studied men who normally walk about 10,000 steps a day. Um, and they asked them to cut back to 1,350 steps a day for two weeks, just for two weeks. And by the end of the two weeks, all of them had become worse at metabolizing sugars and fat. That is crazy. It's totally crazy. And just in two weeks, their distribution of body fat had also altered. They had become rounder around the middle. Like, so their fat had actually moved to their middle, which is also a precursor for diabetes. That is Just cr- in two weeks of of cutting their steps back that much. Well, and we have, I mean, and we've talked about how much we walk now and our progress over time where we just started walking our daughter to school and then added from there. But I used to only get about 1,500 steps a day. Oh, yeah. And on the weekends when we would go to Costco, uh, I would zigzag up and down aisles just to get snacks and free treats at the Costco. But I'd get about 4,000 steps a day. And I thought that that was like a big day. Yeah. When I first got my my Fitbit, like you know, my I set my goal to five thousand. Like getting five thousand steps in a day was a huge accomplishment at that point. Well, and two, in the past, before we started walking, I would have little bouts of going to the gym where I would use an elliptical for thirty minutes, and I would drive to the 
the gym, park as close as I could, go up, use the elliptical, get back in the car, and then come home and sit for, you know, three or four hours. And I would do that on weekends. We didn't walk anywhere. And the studies that Donald is referencing talks about how a single activity, working out for 20 minutes, working out for an hour in a day, doesn't solve the problem of the other 23 hours that we're sitting. And for those who work full-time or are caregivers or find themselves sitting for hours and hours a day, I can do that. Like, I work at home. I could sit for six hours and not stand up. And Uh, it's kind of expected of me at work, like, you know, a lot of the time is to, to sit and be focused on work. Well, and I still come across people who say like, oh, but I work, I have a full-time job. How can I get in any movement? Like, and the the studies show, you know, people go out for smoke breaks, right? If you smoked, if only you smoked, you could go out and get a break, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Donald has some statistics, I think, on uh, the dangers of all the sitting. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, uh, there were a couple of other things in terms of the type 2 diabetes. Um, having a higher triglyceride count is associated with an increased risk of diabetes. And um, there was a study done in 2008 in Australia that um, concluded that people who took the most breaks from sitting had a reduced triglyceride count. Um, so just Must be nice. taking a break from sitting. And then there are several other studies um, that correlate with extended periods of sitting and a reduced ability to regulate glucose in the bloodstream, which is crazy. So sitting down for a long time um, also is a precursor to diabetes. Um, There's another interesting uh, study. They, They cite several studies linking anxiety and depression to lack of movement. There was one uh, involving 9,000 female participants in their 50s that found that those who sat for seven hours per day were three times more likely to have symptoms of depression compared to those who sat less than four hours a day. Wow. Um, And then finally, uh, there's one, uh, they talk about excessive sitting can shorten your lifespan. Um, there was a two, 2010 Australian study that followed uh, participants for seven years and found that for each extra hour participants spent sitting a day, their overall risk of dying increased by 11 percent. <laughs> um, and the article that's Australian percents. That's, does yeah. that translate to American percents? Also? Uh, these days, the c- conversion, conversion rate is pretty close to one to one. Yeah, excellent. Um, there's also studies uh, in this article that talk about links between um, uh, lack of movement and back, neck, and sciatica pain, and things like uh, deep uh, vein thrombosis. Um, and you know, the article is is huge and has many many studies, and you can read it for yourself, but. Basically, the bottom line here is that you got to get up. (laughs) (laughs) Get up, get on your feet, just Uh, like James Brown says. I don't even want to sit here long enough to do this podcast. I (laughs) I feel like I'm going to like, I have to start podcasting on a treadmill or a rebounder or something. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, And then one of the sort of... uh, sad things i guess oh one of the sad things which yeah exactly (laughs) which Catherine mentioned is that it like if you sit for 10 hours exercising for one hour which is great to do does not counteract the sitting for 10 hours like you have to keep moving all the time um and you know we talk about all the time about you know i used to think that if i didn't do a hard workout with weights and machines at a gym that it didn't count, that it didn't mean anything. And then I figured out that I could walk and lose weight. Like I lost a hundred pounds by doing nothing other than walking. I didn't start even doing like my push-ups and my other strength training until I'd already lost the hundred pounds. But isn't walking for free what poor people do? <laughs> you may but, you be know, asking yourself. But it's part of part of that is getting out of that mindset yeah. of like that childhood, you know, stigma about walking and I think a lot of people have that. I know I did and Really now I sort of have this like smug sense of superiority from being able to walk places. And it's such a benefit when I do things like go on vacation or or do something fun or, you know, 
even just like an elevator's out and I know that I can walk up the stairs in whatever building that is and it won't kill me. Like there's such a confidence that comes from that. And, you know, that thinking of you have to go to a gym or you have to have a personal trainer for it to count as exercise just isn't true. Um, Another thing I found online is that just by standing, you burn an average, like standing still, you burn an average of 50 calories more per hour by standing, not even walking. So if you stand for three hours a day, five days a week, it adds up to 750 calories burned a week. And in a year, that adds up to 30,000 calories, which, you know, by doing the math is almost nine pounds. And that's the equivalent of around 10 marathons per year. Wow. Like that burning 30,000 calories. Well, and I think that they're, you know, the, the whole purpose of this, and I know that not uh, not everyone uh, likes to stand a lot. I know when I stand still, it actually hurts my feet and it hurts my joints. Uh, I know the article references having a standing desk, which if that works for you, that is great. That is not what we do. Yeah, the idea of using a standing desk is like some sort of torture to me. I know a lot of people who love them. Like they've become fairly popular on, you know, working on TV shows, uh, people using them over the last several years. But I would much rather not do that. But what I do do is get up a lot and walk a lot during the course of the day. Well, anyone out there who is unable to walk, maybe you have a condition where walking just isn't possible for you, it is even more important for you to manage your food intake. You know, they say you can't outrun a fork. And uh, what what we're hoping to do in this episode, now we're going to get on to the tips, I think, is to really consider what ways you can add purposeful movement throughout your day that doesn't require a gym membership or a concentrated amount of time. If you cannot walk, your calories matter. Your calories matter anyway. But um, getting in purposeful movement is so important and it has definitely changed our lives um you know and they say you know there are people who are like oh i work full-time oh i have to drive i have a commute oh i you know i am a caregiver if you don't take time for wellness now you will have to make time for sickness later and then the choice is no longer yours and everything that we're going to talk about now, again, are, are just tips about ways to get movement into your life. But we forget about the impact, all of the things that Donald mentioned about illness and diabetes and cardiovascular disease. All of that is real and it's staring us in the face. And we can either be a champion of our choices and get in purposeful movement now or end up in a wheelchair because our leg has been cut off. From diabetes. Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily have to do with weight. You know, all of these things, you know, none of these... None of these studies mentioned specifically target, you know, they they all account for differences in weight. This is all just about, you know, moving. Um, You know, it suddenly occurs to me, you remember on Happy Days when somebody would be like, sit on it, I was thinking about that. (laughs) Like they were actually wishing them to have deep vein thrombosis (laughs) when they would say that. (laughs) I'm not sure that that's what they wanted them to sit on. If you know what Potsy was supposed to sit on, let us know. (laughs) Let us know in the comments below. Um, so, uh, I was literally thinking about it, but I couldn't figure out how to work it in. So (laughs) exactly. Um, so we wanted to, to talk about some things that you can do, whether, whether you work, whether you don't, um, uh, that, you know, my focus largely is on movement while I'm, I'm working because I tech, you know, essentially have a desk job most of the time. Um, one of the things that I suggest is drinking a lot of water. And besides being a good habit, just hydrating yourself, um, it will make you get up and have to go to the bathroom often. And I know that kind of sounds like a joke, but... But I'm serious, like you you sneak in steps. And one thing that I like to do is either go to a bathroom that is far away or go to one that's on a different floor of my building and take the stairs when yeah. I do it if I'm if I'm in that building. I had uh, I have a colleague who would only fill up his glass halfway so that he actually had to make more trips ah, to the water cooler. I like Must that a lot. be nice. I was really annoyed by it at for like, why don't you just fill it up? <laughs> Gotta get all my work done. Must yeah. be nice. But I'm like, oh, 
oh, he was getting in purposeful movement throughout the day. And I, I would have a rule that unless I was really intensely busy, which did happen often, um, whenever I got up to go to the bathroom, I would walk. I was on the, the last job I was on. I was on the second floor of a building and I would walk down to the first floor and then all the way up to the fourth floor and then walk back down to the bathroom uh, every Every time, whenever I had time, at least. Well, and I, I've talked about it before, how our secretary used to go for smoking breaks, and I would take the stairs while she was taking the elevator. I'd walk around the building and then take the elevator back up to the 15th floor, and I would get back before she finished her smoking breaks. So if you know people who have time for smoking breaks and you are resentful of them, just remember taking a walking break quickly, you know, spend two or three minutes. You you spend two or three minutes scrolling Facebook you can leave your desk for a few minutes, walk around the building and sit back down and get in that purposeful movement. You can do it. And another thing that I uh, that I do a lot at work is if I really need to talk to somebody and it's not quick, instead of sending them an email or even a phone call, I will go walk and see them face to face. And, you know, it has two benefits. One, I'm sneaking in steps. And two, um, I'm at, you know, I do find face to face interactions at work. It in certain circumstances actually do work better. But in terms of the, you know, losing weight part of this and being healthier, um, it is a really good excuse to sneak in steps. Yeah. You can also stand at your desk when you take a call, or at least every time the phone rings, stand up for a minute and stretch your legs. Because again, it's that constant sitting for hours and hours. Well, I like to try to take, if I know I'm on a conference call where I don't have to reference something on my computer a lot, or, you know, just a call in general where I know I'm not going to need to be at my desk, I'll try to do it on my cell phone instead of my desk phone and actually go outside and walk around while, while I'm on the call. Or if you have a conference room that you can and you can walk around the giant conference room table and do that. Yeah. And there are people who are not able to leave their desks if you're at a call center or something like that. Try to stand up as much as you can. Stretch your legs. People on airplanes do that. They, you know, those annoying people where you're like, why are you standing up? You got to sit down. It is important to move your body and to get that circulation going. Um, you can also get to work maybe 10 minutes early. Do people do that? They sure do. Uh, our, uh, our old neighbor, Emma, actually, she gets to work about a half hour early and walks with one of her colleagues before they go into the office. So yeah, that's a there's a little idea. outer accountability. And, and, you know, related to that, which is not a work thing, but if you get to an appointment or it could be a work thing, if you get to an appointment early, instead of going inside and sitting in some waiting room early, like use that opportunity to do a couple laps around the parking lot or something, or, you know, walk them down the block. Um, uh, not to the point where you're late for the meeting, but, um, you know, that's a good way to sneak in some steps too. Do you have any other workplace, uh, things to talk about? Yeah. One thing, um, and this could be work or at home, um, is the, uh, when you're waiting for a microwave, um, you know, I think most of us have experienced the, the communal microwave at work or the, you know, the uh, Keurig coffee maker or the, you know, the one cup coffee maker rather than sort of stand there waiting for the microwave or the coffee maker to be done. Um, one thing I like to do is pace back and forth. Um, it makes just, them look very busy. Yeah. And yeah. Also. Either, you know, either in the hallway outside or, or just in the kitchen itself, uh, pacing back and forth. Um, and, uh, another thing, um, and I don't do this personally, but, uh, I found it online, which I thought was a great idea. If you take public transportation to work, I like this one. um, get off one stop early and then walk the, the rest of the way. That was um, a good compromise. Yeah. We'll add, uh, add a little, add some steps to your day. And then just in general, this doesn't have to be, uh, have to be at work, but, um, park further from the entrance, um, which is something I do a lot. Um, don't, you know, rather than fight over those, those, uh, spots that are close to the elevator in the parking garage or that are on the ground floor, like intentionally park on the top floor in the space that's farthest away. Chances are it's going to be easier to get that space. And then you have more steps on the way down and more steps on the way back. Yeah. And I know Donald too has, uh, alarms that go off every hour on his phone that remind him to get up and get steps. Oh, yeah. And it is so easy. I actually, over the uh, the holiday break, I turned off my hourly alarm. Yeah. And 
I would sit at my desk. I literally for like five hours, I didn't stand up and I felt it like my atrophy and my, you know, everything kind of hurt. If I had just gotten up once an hour as that reminder to just go downstairs and stretch my legs or, you know, do a a quick errand or something like that. It really matters to keep those steps up. Yeah, my my Fitbit tracks um, how many steps I've had every hour and my alarm goes off at uh, every at the half hour. And if I haven't hit 250 steps for the hour, then I know that I need to get up and, and move at least 250 steps. He, uh, he got in some steps before we started recording. Congratulations. Actually, I think you're already at like 17,000. Yeah, I am. Must be nice. I watched a documentary this morning while on the rebounder. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, should we move over to talking about getting in steps at home? Sure. Okay. Um, I know a lot of us enjoy uh, watching television or movies, and typically we would sit on a couch or chair or beanbag. <laughs> I used to I'm love just gonna, my beanbag I'm just going to keep naming things that people can sit on. Um, but Catherine and I have gotten rebounders, which are these little trampolines. And you don't, you don't jump up and down wildly on them, but we basically sort of walk in place on the... Uh, on the rebounder, and we have been binging The Crown lately on Netflix, which is uh, surprisingly good. It is exciting and new. And we thought for years, because we you know, couldn't fit a treadmill in our place, that we didn't have any options. And getting a $50 to $80 rebounder, each of us, has changed our lives. We're able yeah. to, uh, to watch TV. If there's inclement weather, it is I, very It's helpful. great if you're in an area where it's snowing or um, if it's uh, raining or uh, just cold. And, you know, we used to think that we had to get treadmills and we live on a second floor apartment and like a treadmill is just not going to work. But for many, many years, many like, years. Well, what am I supposed what to can do? I do? And there are these little like, you know, it was like 60 or $70 for these rebounders. And they have been fantastic for getting in steps and movement. And if you're caring for someone else and you can't leave the house and you want to get in movement, rebounders are a great way to get in that purposeful movement uh, without too much noise. Rebounders are a great small uh, investment and the return is just amazing. They've they've seriously changed our lives. Uh, so, so get yourself a rebounder. And you can also, we've talked about pairing before. If you are going to watch television, your favorite show, such as The Crown, pair it with rebounding. I only get to watch my TV show when I'm rebounding. We spent so many years sitting on the couch watching TV, and sitting leads to snacking. And standing, it it is much harder to snack when you're rebounding. Um, So get into the habit of pairing purposeful movement with something that you really like, whether it's walking outside or rebounding. Listen to your favorite podcast only when you go for a walk. Save it as a treat. So you're pairing the two activities. The next episode of Walt comes out. Pair it with walking. That'd be super fun. That would be super fun. Um, Another thing I like to do is tell myself that I am allergic to escalators or elevators. And, you know, uh, within reason, you know, I won't walk up to the 20th floor of a building. Um, Or sometimes, you know, you can only get in there because it's an emergency exit and you'll set off an alarm or whatever. I don't do that. But generally speaking, I tell myself I'm allergic to escalators and elevators and I take stairs um, instead. And that really helps sneak in steps. We also at home, uh, I I don't do this as much right now because Donald is home, but I try to vacuum a few times a day while I'm at home. Uh, it's a good way to get in steps and actually get a chore done at the same time. Uh, our friend Nicole, chum, listener, and Wool Place member. Yeah. Uh, does chores in the least efficient way possible, oh, yeah. which may sound counterproductive, but making multiple trips when you're doing laundry, not saving time by loading up all your groceries at once, going back to the car three or four times, taking trash out one bag at a time instead yeah. of two. Yeah, like we have a we have a trash and we have a recycling, and a lot of times I could take them both in one trip, and instead I'll take one down and come back and take the other, and a lot of times I'll do things like just make unnecessary trips back and forth to the kitchen like if i have ketchup and mustard out you know i take the ketchup back then i come back get the mustard take it back i think it's funny that you say if because basically if you're eating food there is ketchup and mustard and hot sauce usually yeah Yeah. so that's a lot of trips right there condiments are our friends exactly um and also think about 
uh, if you cannot rebound, free videos online, and we've talked about them before, but Leslie Sanson has uh, Walking with Leslie videos that are free on YouTube. The Fitness Marshal has short three to four minute dance routines for free on YouTube. Um, do you need outer accountability? Does it help you if maybe you go on a walk before dinner with your family? Can you go on your own? Do you have a neighbor that you could check in on or a neighbor that you could walk with? Are you more of a solitary person or are you someone who would rather walk in a group? Like these are all things to think about as you're figuring out because it doesn't work for everybody. I much prefer walking by myself or with Don than in a big group. Like I, I would yeah. rather listen to a podcast or just get some some quiet time. You know, and even if you can't actually walk, like you can stand and do arm exercises, which does count as actual exercise. Uh, we um, follow Blogilates, uh, the fitness trainer named Cassie Ho, and she has a lot of exercises that you can do with no weights um, and no equipment that you can do standing in place that um that really really help in terms of you know at least you know building some arm definition and doing something if you really can't get up and actually move yeah well and i think uh, our daughter was telling us this the other day which i knew at some point but the an object at rest tends to stay at rest and yeah, an yeah, object yeah. in motion stays in that's motion that's physics uh, I think George Washington said that as he crossed the Delaware. I'm not exactly. exactly sure. But it's that, you know, and I used to do it too. I would come home from work. I would come home from a long day. And the first thing I would do was just sit on the couch and start watching TV at 5 o'clock and then stay up until 11 o'clock. Uh, maybe stand up to go get the takeout delivery. But otherwise, I'd be spending five hours on the couch every night. And it was killing me. Yeah. And I didn't even know Yeah, it, it. was literally killing her. Well, and I... Like, you're tired. You've had a long day. You've you've been stressed out. You deserve to sit on the couch. You deserve to unwind. And please know, I still need a lot of downtime. I do sit on the couch. But if you're the kind of person who cannot get off the couch once you are on it, take time to do a short walk. Take time to tidy up and make multiple trips around your place to get in those extra steps because once we sit and once we stop moving, we don't want to get up again. We've all done that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know how many you have left. I have, I believe, three oh. that I haven't <laughs> talked about. You're better at lists than I am. I, I'm just sort of moving around, seeing where, <laughs> where, my, where my body takes me. Seeing where your body takes you, just like movement should. Um, so another uh, idea is if you have kids that you're taking to like a piano lesson or a dance lesson or you're at their soccer game or something rather than sitting um, and watching or sitting and waiting for them uh, you can you know take a walk walk back and forth uh, while it's going on um, we do that with our daughter's piano lessons like you know she'll be having the piano lesson and we'll walk around the block or walk up and down the street or whatever yeah and it's a great time too if I'm on my own to make a phone call to a loved one that's a, sh a short amount of time, but I'm also getting in steps, so it helps yeah. me feel like I'm multitasking. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then grocery shopping is another big one where you can sneak in some extra steps. Um, one thing I like to do, which I did just yesterday, is um, park the cart in a in one spot and then walk up and down the aisles and grab things and bring them back to the yeah, cart. Yeah, that's a big one. Rather than pushing the cart along with you. Um, and then sometimes I'll just zig up and down, you know, zigzag up and down the aisles, just uh, looking to see if there's anything that I missed, which is another good way to get steps. Yeah. And I definitely, like Donald said, we, we come up with ways to get in extra steps. And the more you make it a part of your life, the less you even have to think about it. We used to drive the 500, 600 walking steps that yeah. it would take to get to the Rite Aid down the street. And now we walk it without thinking about it. Yeah, we basically have a rule that if we can walk there in, you know, 10, 15 minutes or less that we uh, we do it, you know, then we don't drive. And, you know, that could be your rule. You could make it 
even, you know, shorter if that seems like too long. Make it a five-minute drive. But, you know, if it's a 10 or 15-minute walk, like, we basically walk it instead of drive it. Well, and also, I know for me, as someone who struggles with depression, uh, Donald mentioned earlier that there was a, a link between depression and sitting. And I know that as someone with depression, it does not solve my depression. I take medication for my depression. But in situations where I used to emotionally eat when I was upset about something, I now go for a short walk. And it gets me out of the house. I still take my depression medicine. But if I can walk over to Rite Aid and, you know, or drop a letter in the at the post office instead of right out in front of our place, getting in a little bit of space, some fresh air, some vitamin D, some sunshine, saying hello to a neighbor, yeah. like it all matters and it all adds up. And if you can start adding that into your life in whatever way makes sense for you, don't look at it as I live in a rural area. I can't walk to the grocery store. Okay, what can you do? Can yeah. you do three laps at the grocery store? Can you do a lap around the the track at your kid's school or at, you know, your neighborhood high school? How can you make it a part of your life? Because I spent so much time saying I can't get a treadmill that I didn't even realize there was another option out yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, can you can you make a daily walk part of your life, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes? Can you say, okay, after dinner, we as a family are going to take a 10 or 15 minute walk every day. And if you're by yourself, you know, make it time for you. And you it could be a good time to listen to music that you don't get a chance to listen to listen to or listen to podcasts ah. while you're walking or audiobooks uh, which is something I like to do a lot of you know make it time for you but make it that you fit it into your life you know just taking that purposeful walk is a good step towards reaching your fitness goals. Yeah. Get uh, a subscription or a membership to a local botanical garden. Meet friends there. Yeah. Make it a, you know, a, a weekly thing or a monthly thing to get out and walk as an activity with people. Um, walk to coffee or breakfast on a weekend morning Walk to church if you uh, if you go. Yeah, find small ways to just make it part of your life. It helps you connect with your community. We wave to people now that we have seen for years who see us walking, and we never. I mean, we've lived in the same place for twenty plus years. For the first eighteen, I don't even know yeah. that I knew what our neighborhood looked like because sure. I was so bent on just driving everywhere. Yeah, you see lots of things that uh, when you're walking that you don't see from a car. Yeah. And it it matters. Every step matters. Standing up, moving. We have an opportunity. And I, you know, I, I we did an episode on this a long time ago that the um, Center for Disease Control has all of these different uh, statistics on health and weight and movement. And we are not on a vanity project. We are in the practice of taking care of ourselves for our future selves. Because just because people are living longer and able to take drugs to help stave off different diseases doesn't mean that you're living well. And I remember five years ago, Donald saying like, he just feels old now. Yeah. And if you feel old right now, how are you going to feel? How is that going to compound in 10 to 20 years? And I think I started saying that when I was like 35. Yeah, no, he, he was yeah. born old. But it is, it is a practice. It is a practice to keep moving. It's a practice to be active. And it took us a long time to build up from my 1,500 step days to my 17,000 step days. I never would have conceived four years ago that I'd be averaging 17,000 steps a day. Yeah. And if we can do it with full-time jobs. Oh, with my the, goodness. With the, the uh, I was going to say, ravages of parenthood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ravages, with, wow. With our uh, inclement weather in Southern California, if we can find ways to sneak in steps. <laughs> yes, it got down to 44 degrees. <laughs> 
Julie, not fit for man nor beast. Julie in our group in Molt Place, W-O-L-T Place, uh, lives in Minnesota. And I, I said something about the, the bitter temperatures. She was not having it. Yeah. Uh, she jeered yeah. that. She was not a fan. But we make excuses to sit. We make excuses to relax, quote unquote, when really the more we sit, the more we want to sit and the slower our metabolisms get. We can take action every day to get in purposeful steps. We can make it a part of our lives. We can get things done while we're getting in exercise. It doesn't cost any money. And it, the, but the cost of not doing it is your future health. Yeah, and just to to wrap it up because I really feel like I need to go take a walk right now because we've been sitting doing this podcast. Um, you remember when you were a kid and you used to play the game where the floor was lava? Oh my gosh, there was no greater call to attention than the floor being lava. The floor is lava, and you would have to get up on a chair or a couch or whatever. Try as an adult to imagine that the couch is actually lava. We were lied to all those years. Yeah, yeah. The couch was the like the saving place. Flip it on yourself so that like you you cannot sit on that couch. Like you have to get up. You have to get on your rebounder. You have to do a walking video. You have to you know be moving around while your TV's on. Something. Just keep yourself moving. I was uh, at a crosswalk recently with another with a family I was not associated with. I was walking by myself, and the little kid said that the uh the concrete was lava and the white stripes oh were. yeah and i was like oh boy yeah he, he invoked lava no, like got it yeah no you can't uh, step on that i concrete tried thing. to be cool and do it without being like you're right it is lava because i didn't want the the family to freak out but like it matters all of it matters and the smug sense of satisfaction that we get from sneaking in extra steps it's like when we see people smoking we are judgy. Yeah. When I see people sitting, I'm like, all right, well, there's ways to get in steps right now. Like yeah. I, I have unlocked the secret and the secret is just an open mind and uh, knowing that we can get in movement and that it all matters. And then I think that brings us to our product of the week. Pow! Pow, everybody. And our product of the week is one that we've done before and that we've talked about a lot, but it ties in directly to this episode and it is a Fitbit. Fitbit. Um, and uh, Fitbit is basically, at its most basic level, a steps tracker. It is a glorified pedometer. <laughs> if you don't want to get a Fitbit, you can get a pedometer. I love mine because it has all of these smartwatch functions, but they have very basic ones that are that are less expensive. Um, but I can honestly say the Fitbit has changed my life. I did not realize, I lied to myself for years and years and told myself that I was moving just as much as everybody else until I put it on and I had cold hard evidence that I was not. I was one of those people, I mentioned that study where they told men to reduce their steps to like 1,350 a day. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) That's where I was. That was my natural like daily step count and- I may be exaggerating slightly, but really like just getting up to 5,000 a day was an accomplishment and that is not enough for health. And um, having that daily measurement to to push me and so that I know that I have to move more. It's physical evidence on my wrist and on my phone that I have to move more. And I also really love the app for logging food, um, which is another benefit. Um, and, uh, the one that I have has, uh, the one that Catherine has too, has, you know, smartwatch functions, which are nice. You get texts and things on it and all that. Those are all just sort of, you know, side benefits, but really it has changed my life to the tune of a hundred pounds. Wow. And I think too, it's important. We, land we landed in fitbit world yeah if you want an apple watch get an apple get an apple watch. if you want a garmin get a garmin get a pedometer like you can get an old-fashioned like pedometer that takes a battery and you know you could probably find it for five ten dollars and just use something that measures your daily activity so that you know that you're actually getting enough in well and i i uh, met somebody recently and the first thing i did was look at their wrists yeah. and I was like, they don't have a Fitbit on, what's happening? She used to look to see if they had a wedding ring on yeah, and now and she looks to see if there's a Fitbit. But being able to measure 
and track over time matters because uh, Gretchen Rubin says it all the time, what you monitor, you measure and what yeah. you measure, you monitor. And if you know, like I didn't know I was getting 1500 steps a day, yeah, it changed my life to have that as a metric that I could follow. And whatever one you get, I know people get kind of tied up in which is the perfect one and whatever. The perfect one is the one that is on your wrist. The one that you're using that, and that, you know, you're actually paying attention to. Yeah. And it matters in this whole journey. And it doesn't matter the brand. Just get it on your wrist. Make sure that you have I'm, – I'm going back into tips. Make sure you have good footwear Keep an extra pair of shoes in your work desk, in your car. Make it easy. Make it accessible to get in those purposeful steps. If you're yeah, wearing stilettos. I'll link to some Fitbits on, uh, on, in the show notes, too. So you can uh, just go there and uh, link right to what I'm talking about. Yeah, it is worth the investment. And if they don't last forever, it's okay. Get another Fitbit. Like, if this one dies, I'm getting another Fitbit. I'm getting and another I'm not going to grouse yeah, about it It's not online. an optional part of life anymore. Like, it is an essential tool that i use every day all day long yeah and if you can uh spend money on uh, on takeout and grubhub you can afford a 150 dollars watch just saying, amen so. and i think that is our product of the week Pow! Pow! product of the week to you product of the week to you donald and i think that is our movement episode uh for the moment uh if you liked what you heard you can find more of our episodes wherever you found this podcast and you can also check us out at weonlylookthin.com and if you go to weonlylookthin.com and click on join our support group you can find out more about wolt place wolt place uh our support group for women uh it is uh a place where you can be yourself while working on yourself yeah and i'm i'm really really proud of it um there's a great group of women on there um i'm just sort of an admin i don't i don't participate actively um but people have said so many wonderful things about Catherine and about the community itself and how much they're getting out of it and uh if you would like to be a part of it uh, go to uh, weonlylookthin.com click on join our support group yeah uh or if you just want to hang out with us on the socials you can find us on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at weonlylookthin and uh, you can email us with questions to uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com, and we do answer. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who recently has rated and reviewed us, thank you so much. We read every single one, and it means everything to know that we are uh, making a difference. If, if you feel so inclined to be generous and do something for us, and you say, what could you do for uh, Don and Catherine at We Only Look Thin? Rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts really helps us out it helps get the word out it helps people find us when they're searching for uh weight loss and fitness podcast and um it really um helps to grow the show yeah so uh thank you so much for listening get up get in that movement and if you are still not sure if the floor is lava or the couch is lava just remember that <laughs> donald and i are an, an inspiration, inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>